Welcome to the Econ Dev Show. We explore the strategies, ideas, and insights that are driving economic development forward into the future. You'll hear new insights from passionate EDs about their successes and struggles. And you'll learn from attraction and retention experts about how to apply actionable strategies inside your EDO. We'll help take your organization, your community, and your career to the next level. Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Our episode today is brought to you by Cathode Ray Media. Cathode Ray is a full-service marketing agency that connects government organizations to their communities. Wondering how they can help you? Here are just a few ideas. They use ingenuity and imagination to create awareness of progress and opportunity within your community. They help residents and visitors find local shopping, dining, and service businesses. They make residents and stakeholders aware of challenges that affect them and their community, while encouraging them to get help or get involved. They can also work to help attract new small businesses while helping micro-entrepreneurs learn how this small but mighty woman-owned and operated marketing agency can help your community. They use tried and true methods that will connect your organization to your residents using social, digital, and traditional media. Curious? Visit cathoderay.com, that's K-A-T-H-O-D-E-R-A-Y.com to learn more or ask for a free no-obligation consultation. We thank Cathode Ray for their support of the Econ Dev Show. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today, we are here with Colin Holloway. He is the Economic Development and Communications Officer for the town of Clarenville in the Canadian province of Newfoundland and Labrador. Colin, welcome to the show. Hi, Dane. A real uh, pleasure to be here. You are probably the first person that I know of from Newfoundland and Labrador. So for our listeners who don't even have any idea, because unfortunately, that's probably one of the lesser known Canadian provinces, at least for me. So I'm assuming other people are in the same way. Tell us about it a little bit and tell us where it is and, you know, all of that. So we, uh, you know, we're a Canadian province that's on the very east coast of Newfoundland or of Canada. Uh, so we're centered out in the uh, North Atlantic. Uh, the only way to really get here is by ferry uh, or by airplane. Uh, you know, we don't have any roads that connect us to the mainland part of Canada. Uh, but our our history and our culture is very unique. Uh, you know, very much uh, tied to the fishery uh, when you go back many centuries. Sure. Uh, and uh, but over time. Uh, this uh, island, which has a population of about 515, 520,000 people that is uh, spread out over 400 communities. And uh, many people, certainly across North America, might refer to these communities in terms of their size and their makeup as almost village type. Uh, we have a couple of cities, uh, St. John's uh, on the northeast Avalon, which is, you know, the, going towards one of the easterly point of the province, is the capital. As, and uh, the geographical area, say from Clarenville to St. John's, takes in over half of the population of the island. So over 200,000 people would be in this corridor, and the rest of the population would be spread out in service centers uh, throughout the island and into Labrador. Uh, but uh, people, I, I guess the thing for Newfoundland and Labrador is 
the, the one mainstay uh, from visitors that come here and we get, you know, uh, thousands, tens of thousands of visitors every year is that people like who we are as a people. Uh, you know, we're very genuine. We're very friendly. We, you know, we'll do almost anything we can do to help you out. And, uh, and that's why we get a lot of people from, you know, the U S and across Canada, uh, who, uh, and even, you know, from Europe that like to come here and, and a lot of people come to retire here, uh, even though it's a, you know, it's a cold climate, um, and, uh, you know, winter does sit in here, but, uh, and we do get the four seasons, but it's, uh, it's, you know, the topography and the access to the ocean and, and all of it is just such a beautiful landscape. That's fascinating. It's such a different sort of place. It sounds like a lot of rural areas, um, but being that far north and that far east, I'd imagine that it's very different. So you are the new economic development and communications officer for the town of Clarenville. So what does that entail? What is your mandate and what do you do all day? So the community itself at, at large has wanted someone in this role for at least five years. You know, I'd been out, as they say, in economic development, you're shaking the bushes, you know, and they're beating right. the streets. And, and I've been out talking to various key players in the community and the business in the business community in particular, and certainly some of the NGO uh, world. And they talk about that they've wanted an economic development officer in the community because Clarenville, you know, the phrase is, is a growing concern. So Clarenville in the last census that's done by Stats Canada uh, would have been one of only two communities that have seen a positive population growth, you know, in, in, since the last census. So the population itself went up about by 6.8%. The only other community that saw such a positive population growth is really closer to the city. Now, we are about an hour and a half drive mm -hmm. uh, on the Trans-Canada Highway outside of the city. So near, you know, that's one international airport. And then we're an hour and a half from Gander, uh, which, you know, some of the listeners would be familiar with, you know, 9-11 and the things that happened into New York. Right. Uh, when the airspace was closed uh, in the U.S., um, you know, on September the 11th, many of the planes that were coming across the, the Atlantic landed here in Newfoundland and landed at Gander. So Gander is about an hour and a half drive from here. So okay. we're, you know, we're very centralized to, um, you know, international travelers and those who want to visit the island. So, uh, but because of that and, the, and the, you know, the, uh, the weather we have, the access to the amenities that we have, you know, we're on the cusp on the neighbor of, you know, an industrial development site called Bull Arm and, uh, and, Newfoundland Labrador has, very, has been very active in the oil and gas industry uh, over the last number of decades. And that boom and bust that's happened at uh, Bull Arm has really caused some ebb and flow in development in Clarenville. Clarenville is a service center, uh, retail, it has a hospital, uh, it has three schools, it has a college system. And, and we have a very young population in comparison to the rest of the province. Um, our median age is lower than what it would be in the rest of the province. And so people are coming here, new businesses, smaller businesses. So my job is to, one of the main things I have to do is to help the town develop a strategic economic plan. Okay. They, 
you know, there was one that was completed with the local chamber of commerce uh, more than a decade ago and might've been about 15 years ago, but it's, you know, nobody's dusted, taking the dust off the cover. Right. It sat there okay. on the shelf all this yeah, time. Yeah, sat right. on the shelf and there was really nobody in the position to, you know, take it and lift up off the paper and say, what can we do to continue to promote business growth and prosperity in a community that has a growing population and a, a bit of a younger population? And we have a great mix of, you know, seniors that are in the community, uh, but you know, you've got a large retail and there are challenge with, challenges with attracting enough employees. And, mm -hmm. you know, so you want to grow the business sector, but you also have some of these other challenges. And you need someone in my role who can actually make the connections, you know, uh, access some of the funding, get that information out to the, the key stakeholders so that they can do their part in growing the economy as well. So it sounds like you're a connector. You help people get access to the connections that they need, the people, the capital. Is that sort of how it works? Because I guess I don't even understand what an, I mean, you're called an economic development officer. So what, right. you know, what exactly in the Canadian system, how does, how does that work? And what, what do you do exactly? You know, one of the projects that was already started before I, I got here is that, uh, so Clarenville has been known as the hub of the East Coast. Okay. And so being a hub center uh, and tourism is also a, you know, it's a big mainstay for the province. You know, it's a billion dollar oh, industry, I'm sure. yeah. you know, for the province. So, but there are key assets and historical assets that are uh, adjacent to this area. You know, okay. places like Bonavista and Trinity. Uh, people will want to go to Twillingate, you know, which is about a two hour drive. But they've got to funnel their way through Clarenville. And one of, one of the things that the, you know, the town from an, a, a political perspective is run by a town council. Okay. And it's a group of seven elected individuals who put their names forward for a four-year term. And, you know, they, what they want to see is that people don't continue to drive through the community. People actually stay and enjoy the assets. Sure. Uh, you know, we've got three hotels in the area with, a room capacity of about 230 rooms, but and we have a large uh, visitation, you know, the tour bus type thing okay. that uh, originates from across Canada and the U.S., and they come here, they stay for a night in the hotels, but they really don't know about the assets and the amenities that exist in the community. So part of my job is to elevate the awareness and the marketing of those assets so that People who come and stay at the hotels actually move outside of that hotel room and they come down into the community and they enjoy our Arts Under the Stars program. Or they go on our, you know, absolutely magnificent walking trails or they go down to the marina. Uh, you know, they, we also want them to spend money in our retail area mm -hmm. uh, so that they're going and they're enjoying some of the fine food here. You know, we have a site a cidery that's in the area. We have some fine dining, you know, so we really want to grow, you know, that business tax base, which sure. also causes population, not only population growth, but, but employment growth. And it makes Clarenville, its population in, as a whole will continue to prosper. Uh, but you'll also see other businesses that will want to come to Clarenville and set up shop. 
And uh, so it's that marketing and promotion side of things that's part of my job. Uh, the tourism piece, there mm-hmm. is a tourism um, uh, enhancement project that uh, was ongoing when I got here. And it's uh, got a number of business stakeholders that sit around the table. But at the end of the day, they want to grow the tourism product in this area. And so by engaging the community, and uh, I'm seen as the key uh, point of contact for the town to help move that project. And at uh, and the, and the end of that project, you're meant to have a, a strategic tourism plan. But the implementation of that plan will very much rest on my desk to make sure that, the, again, another plan that doesn't stay, you know, in, right. a bound, in a bound document, that the goals and objectives that are in that plan actually become reality. Okay, that makes sense. I can understand yeah. that. So this strategic tourism enhancement plan, is that what we're talking about? Yeah, it's a program that will, that will in one of the outputs is that you will have a strategic tourism plan for the area. Okay. And so I'd imagine that the big takeaway or the big direction that it's moving is to create more awareness and more reasons for people to not just stay there in Clarenville, but also to explore its many assets and shop and take advantage of the things that are there. So basically to extend, maybe they were staying for one night, but get them to stay for two nights and spend some money. Absolutely. And, you know, and tied to that, Dane, is uh, I mean, I I went to high school in Clarenville. I uh, worked in the provincial government, provincial public service, as a you know doing community economic development for nearly twenty seven years. Uh, I was a policy advisor to government ministries about rural issues, and and so I you know part of uh, part of my job here now is to help with that partnership development, that that creation, that collaboration. You know, I did an accreditation as a partnership broker out of the UK some years ago. And you recognize that everybody comes to the table with their own interest. And the sweet spot of someone like me in this role as an economic development officer is to understand what your interests are, what the interests of the other key stakeholders are that come to the table so that they can move together simultaneously, collectively, empower each other and have a much better plan and product at the end of the day. So, you know, you need that unique skill set and and that's part of what I do as well, right? You know, in, in this job, mm-hmm. you know, creating those partnership opportunities and helping them uh, flourish and thrive. And, and so one plus one is not two anymore. One right. plus one could be five. Because you're keeping all of these disparate interests that align on the idea of this tourism enhancement. And finding the ways that they go together and can go in the same direction and then driving that forward. The other thing I was going to say was, you know, having worked in this community for much of my career, um, and I lived in this community for about seven years. Now, I live in a, an adjacent community about 18 kilometers, 18 minutes away. It's about okay. 30 kilometers away. Uh, but Clarenville being a service center, you have all these smaller communities that come in on a, on a daily basis to access services. Um, but... I, you know, most of us would know that unless you were familiar with the community, you really don't know how to find the assets. Right. And and so one of the outputs as well from this tourism enhancement program is that we need to develop a wayfinding program, signage program, so that 
you know, there's a common brand and it, it will be much larger than Clarenville. It will also take in the neighboring communities because they have assets, tourism assets that people want to come and enjoy as well. So, mm -hmm. you know, you come into Clarenville, you stay at a hotel and how do you find the marina? How do you find in the winter where you can go on the Bear Mountain walking trail and you can get up to this beautiful Christmas star? You know, you're driving out to Trans-Canada and you're around, you're around this point on the Trans-Canada. And I just came out of a meeting then with some folks who were just visiting Newfoundland. And, and they said, wow, when we came around that point and we couldn't believe the view mm -hmm. that we saw of the bay and the community and it's elevated. And also when you come, come around that turn at night at Christmas time is this beautiful big star that's lit at the top of, of Bear Mountain. And people go up there, you know, the, for an excursion, for an outdoor experience, but also to take those beautiful photos to say that, you know, this was an experience. This is the reason I came to Clarenville on this particular day is because I want that memory. And so, but developing a wayfinding program where someone comes into the community and there are a few decision points whether you're someone that's a motorist or you're a pedestrian and you've got to make a decision about how do I get to Marine Drive or how do I get to the retail area or how do I get to Elizabeth Swan Park or how do I get to some of those wonderful walking trails? Well, we need some directional signage that has a common brand that will allow you to find your way in Clarenville but also when you go to places like Port Blanford or which is at my hometown, or mm -hmm. you go to Milton George's Brook, which is on, you know, the very next community, which has its own tourism assets, but a common brand that, you know, the average person will say, oh, yeah, that's a sign I'm looking for because I recognize the color and the font and the, and the kind of information that's going to be on it to to guide me, you know, to get along the way from one place to another. Has there been any challenge in making this into a regional thing in the sense that communities are maybe antagonistic towards, I don't know, sharing, I guess? Um, I think that's changed over time. Okay. You know, I, I, I would say as, you know, Clarenville has a lot of people that moves into it. So some would describe it as a bit of a transient population. Okay. Uh, people come in for jobs, people have career changes. Um, I mean, we have a higher than average education attainment level in this community. Uh, but because you have, you have your, your long life live years that are here, you know, they're, they, they were born here, they worked here and they pretty much, they die here. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you've got this other segment of the community where people are moving in for employment. They're also coming in on a daily basis for employment. And so they're coming from these other communities and, so I don't see hmm. as much as I would have in the past where, yeah, the silos are there and yeah, it has to happen in my community and not Clarenville. I think people are realizing that, you know, this is a region that is, is thriving and flourishing and it has tr tremendous potential to even flourish even more. So, you know, I think that symbiotic understanding, that symbiotic relationship, I think that has expanded. And, and we've seen that because of things like the developments in the oil and gas industry or, you know, that 
you know, the only, only oil refinery in the province is 25 minutes drive from here. But most, a lot of the people that work in this, live in this community also work out there. So, you know, the the, the give and take, I think is, it it exists. So uh, that rivalry, I think is, uh, has been diminished and, and even in our school system, it's a regional school system. So people from kids from outlying communities are coming in here on a daily basis as well. So, you know, I, I, I think that attitude has changed because of some of these regional factors, right? Right. That makes sense. I, yeah. I can see that as being the case. So how did you, I know that I, I read your bio and, yeah. you know, you're the, um, Economic Development and Communications Officer. Before that, you were, um, you've been a whole number of other things. So how did you yeah. get it? We can talk about those things specifically, but I want to ask about that in the context of how did you become, you know, how did you get into economic development? Um, so, you know, I, I, I went to Memorial University of Newfoundland, you know, I, uh, I, I, my my career path, uh, and I'm thinking back, you know, almost 35 years, was that I was going to be an RCMP officer, so the Royal Canadian Men of Police. Uh, I was 12 years of age, and I, what do you want to do with your life? Well, I'm going to be a police officer. That's right. what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to go to Memorial University. I'm going to get a French degree. I'm going to do an undergrad in French. And uh, so, you know, I, I go to Memorial University and uh, Memorial University, and I. I actually, I, I, I did a uh, joint minor in English and French, but my major is in psychology. I enjoy talking to people, interacting people, studying people. Uh, sure. And, and I, I, I did really well in that. Okay. Um, I liked psychology so much that I did every course that was offered by the university, you know, that I still get credit. Wow. For. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I've been a stu- a student of psychology all my life. Uh, the benefit of that is that you understand what it takes to create relationships. And uh, you know, while my early career, I worked with uh, kids uh, with disabilities. So I started mm-hmm. out my career working in government, working in a group home in the city. Um, you know, I after three years, I uh, moved to working with kids and families, you know, kids that were zero to six years of age. But an opportunity came along because of my volunteer effort, my volunteer work in the community was, uh, I, I was asked to apply for this job. Uh, and it would, the entity was called Strategic Social Plan, but it was really about how do you break down those silos in the community where people are doing things that are counterproductive to each other. Right. Okay. Their efforts are, you know, one department of government or an an entity in the community was doing something. And because they never talked to each other and they didn't do joint planning, the, the, the receiver, you know, the client at the Mm -hmm. end, uh, their lives were actually, uh, worse off because of those decisions. Because of those decisions, right? Because yeah. they weren't working. So I was asked, wasn't working together. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So I was asked to come in as a planner and to help break down those silos, develop some joint um, um, plans. It was a regional plan. Uh, it was a social and economic plan, actually. 
uh, sort of a lot of engagement in the community. There were, you know, it was it was strategic planning 101, you know, where you were setting a setting a vision and a mission and and uh, your beliefs and what are your goals and objectives and what are going to be your outputs and outcomes and and in the short, medium, long term. So you know, you did all that, but I really enjoyed the community development side, and I think it really stemmed from that I'm a student of psychology because I enjoy, enjoy watching people, I enjoy talking to people, and I enjoy just getting to know right. what makes you tick and what makes the community tick. Um, over the years, you know, so that position morphed into um, a, a policy advice arm of government. And then uh, one of the last things I did to, to kind of finish my career in core government was um, I went with the Office of Public Engagement. And so in that capacity, I was helping the community and government figure out good engagement processes so that they could get meaningful input from the community about the plans that they were developing, whether they were at the municipal level, whether, whether they were at the NGO level, or they were at the, the provincial government level. And, uh, and it was around, you know, like, very significant things like how do you retain and attract young people to rural communities? How do you uh, revamp a K to 12 education system? Or okay. how do you deal with some of the nuances in primary industries, you know, in fishing and farming and agriculture? Um, how, you know, how do you address human resource shortages or, you know, uh, uh, creating those synergies so that, you know, an agriculture and industry I mean, as a province, we we bring in 90% of the food we consume, and that's not sustainable. And right. so how do you encourage those key players so that government and the community and the industry can provide good food quality, sustainability in an industry for something that, you know, think about Maslow and our primary area, archery of needs. I mean, mm -hmm. we need food and shelter. We need safety and security. Well, if you don't have food and you don't have sustainability around food. So all of those things uh, were part of the work I was doing in the Office of Public Engagement. Um, so I stepped away from that in 2015. And I thought that because of my experiences, I was ready to be a part of uh, the political system in government. Okay. So I put my name on a ballot and I decided, and unfortunately, the people in the area agreed and they elected me as their representative in the House of Assembly. Uh, so now I'm the guy that's in there debating legislation. Right. You know, and, but I was able to bring all my community development experience into that. Um, okay. And uh, so in 2019, I wasn't successful. I didn't get reelected. Uh, and, and there's many factors that, either allows you to get reelected and there's many factors that allows you not to get reelected. So, you know, you move on. Uh, I, uh, I took a job as a town manager, chief administrative officer with a, a small community called come by chance. Uh, and that was a community that needed somebody to come in with some leadership ability and to help get their financial situation in order. Uh, so I stayed there for about, uh, almost three years. And, uh, then this, this uh, opportunity came up in the fall to uh, become the economic communications officer at the town of Clarenville. And, and I've said it's taken me seven years from 2015 to the latter part of 2022 
to get back to my roots. Right. That's um, exactly what I was thinking as you were describing yeah. all of this. I thought, yes, yes, I can see that you're a good fit for this. It seems like it takes into account everything that you've done thus far and the way that your mind works, but it has taken you all of this time. Yeah, you, you never know, you know, what the path is in life, right? Right. You know, I mean, you know, my path at, at age 12 is very different than where I am today. Um, I don't mind saying I'm 56 years of age. You know, I've worked almost 35 years for the community. Mm -hmm. I have a strong volunteer background that's, you know, been recognized. I mean, I've presented across Canada, around growing rural Canada. I mean, I've, had, I've been afforded those opportunities because of the work I've done in the past. And some people want in the past wanted to hear what I had to say. Um, in this job, you know, it's a two-year position that they're, the town wants to try out and see if they can, you know, make it successful. But mm -hmm. they needed someone like me, I think, who already had the networks. Right. So you don't have to spend all to, of the time figuring absolutely. out the job. Yeah. You don't need to spend six to 12 months Right. Trying to understand who are the players, where is the money, you know, to promote economic development, and, you know, who's got to kind of get their own experiences so that you can advise the town council on a good plan forward. Like, you know, my experience is coming to this job fills all those boxes. Right. It ticks all those boxes. So you can hit the ground running, basically. So at the end of the two years, how will the town determine whether or not you've been a success and whether or not this should continue? So, you know, I, I talked to the chief administrative officer, who he and I have worked together, you know, for many years. And one of the things we've done early on is we've listed out a, a set of deliverables. What are the things that you, this position will be evaluated against, you know, annually and again at the end of the two-year contract to say that. Yeah, that's what everybody had in mind. This is what we had in mind when we created this position. This is what we thought it would aim, it would achieve. And yes, it's done that and so much more. And uh, I think that becomes fair to the community. It becomes fair to the council. And it becomes fair to someone like me who says, yeah, I, I'd like to you know, try this position. I think I can make it successful. And, um, and you know, at the end of the two years, uh, everybody's going to say, yeah, let's continue on. This is, a, this is exactly what we thought it would be, and it's become so much more than that. That makes sense. That would make it so much easier. Um, having that figured out in advance and written down and everyone agrees to it. So is it just you there in Clarenville, or do you have, a, do you have any staff, or how does that part work? So in this role, you know, it's a management position, so I get to draw upon the other staff in the office. There are 11 core staff that are in this building, um, you know, and, and some are clerical uh, type positions. There are other department heads, you know, where, from an engineering perspective or from a financial management perspective. But I get to draw upon all those other assets, you know, in terms of doing my work. Mm -hmm. I, I, I will, you know, full disclosure here, I think in time, you know, while it starts out as one position, I see this being a division, you know, sure. for, for the community because there is so much potential here in terms of growing the, 
you know, expanding existing business, the existing business sector and, and then growing that sector, that you will be able to employ other people that supports economic development in this community and in this region. So, you know, we're the largest community in this geography and other communities will come to rely on Clarenville for that kind of strategic advice about growing the economics and the economies in their little communities. You know, so I see us providing that expertise over time, not only to Clarenville itself, but also to neighboring communities, because I, I think we're, we're all in this together, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, that is so interesting. So what actually is, what's the population of Clarenville? Uh, currently 6,700, so 6,700 6, people. Okay, and it serves uh, we, an area of about, what did you say, 30,000? 30, yeah, 000. About closer, about 35,000. Okay. Uh, um, you know, and I, and I mean, for many communities, I, you know, they'd still say, well, that's a very small number. But in, in Newfoundland and Labrador's perspective, um, you know, that is a large geography to be providing some of these core services, whether it's from an education, retail, you know, like I said, healthcare, um, coming into here and servicing a larger population of almost 35,000 is, mm -hmm. uh, it makes Clarenville, uh, um, you know, one of the main service centers in, in the province outside of the cities. So, right. you know, we have a city in St. John's and then Cornerbrook is on the West coast of the Island is another city, but you know, everything else adjacent to to St. John's is really what most people refer to as suburbia. Sure. So they're working in the city, but they want some of the rural lifestyle. So they're driving that 30 minutes so that they can have a little larger piece of land. Uh, they can have access for, you know, getting on ATVs and, and side-by-sides, going and walking trails and, you know, just the open air. Um, Clarenville is unique in that it's large enough to provide these amenities, but still give that very much rural experience, you know, for the people that live here or live close to here. Well, and it's just absolutely beautiful. I'm just looking on the, what is it? Clarenville.ca website. It's some of the photos and it's a very pretty place. And it does look like this sort of small town, just like it could be in a Lifetime movie or, or something. Well, this has been fabulous, Colin. I have learned quite a bit. So if there are any of our listeners who might want to reach out to you and you know maybe pick your brain, maybe they're somewhere else in Canada or maybe they're in the US and they see some similarities with what you're doing and maybe what you've done, what would be the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, so you know people can get me by email mm -hmm. uh, you know, at Colin... Colin at Clarenville.net. Um, they can certainly call me, you know, if they want, uh, you know, 709-466-7937. I, I am on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Uh, people can search me. Um, and I'm, I'm a type of person uh, all my life. I've uh, lived by this mainstay that if you reach out, I'll reach back. So, um you know, if someone wants to chat about Clarenville and the possibilities or even kind of pick my brain about the things I've experienced or the, you know, my, uh, my the things around economic development, then, uh, yeah, 
give me a call and I'd be only too happy to share what I know. Well, that that's what we like. And the truth is, economic developers are economic developers because at the end of the day, they like to talk to people. They like to get to know yeah. people. They like to find out what's working elsewhere. And it seems like you've been able to sort of turn that into your whole life. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I've never, I've always, you know, I, I used to talk to a lot of young people early in my career. And uh, even when I was a politician, I, I'd be invited to um, go to these high school graduations and mm -hmm. you'd be asked to get, get up and give a few remarks. And one of the, the things I used to put in every speech, I'd say to young people was, you know, this thing about opportunity. And I would say to them, you know, they're 17 year olds, right? 18 year olds. And I'd say in the next number of years, you will be presented with opportunity. And my advice to you is you should take advantage of every opportunity that comes your way, but you should also provide opportunity to others. The difference between someone who has found success and those who have been challenged in their lives has been opportunity. And if you're able to open a door for somebody, you should do it. And so I've always lived my life on, you know, you're never too old to learn, but if you can open that door for somebody else and share your knowledge and your experience, you should seek it out and, and give it freely. And uh, so that's, that's, that's how I live. That's my mantra. Oh, that's uh, phenomenal. Yeah. That's great advice. And I think that's an excellent way to end. So I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Like I said, I've learned so much and it's been a real pleasure to get to know you. And I hope that I can find a way to make my way up there because like I said, it's such a beautiful place and I would just love to see how it all comes together. Well, Dane, if you ever come to Newfoundland, I will give you the tour. Fantastic. Now, the, the, the one misgiving that people uh, have about Newfoundland and Labrador is that people arrive either by the ferry in Port of Basque, which is right across the island, mm -hmm. or they fly into one of the airports, mostly St. John's, and they think that within two days, they can see the entire island. Sure. You, you, you need to book a two-week vacation if you want to take in all the assets and the beautiful scenery and the experiences from the culinary stuff to the, to the, you know, the kitchen parties and, and uh, the wonderful conversations and the home-cooked meals and all that, uh, the beautiful trails and everything. You really got to book the time to thoroughly enjoy what we offer. Well, that is spoken like a true uh, tourism and economic development man. Let's keep them there for two <laughs> weeks. Extract as much as we can. That's wonderful. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed this. You've been listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.